more better you welcome to the first episode of the more better you podcast i am your host shriman sharma why more better why more better you well more better is one of the favorite expressions of my daughter and whenever she likes something or whenever she thinks that something can be done in a better way something that can be done in a more efficient way she will say well let's do it this way because it's it's more better and i found it amusing at first but then as i thought about it it seems so apt because in whatever we try to do whatever actions that we do to fulfill our desires that those are our aims we we want to do it better we want and we want more of whatever it is that we are seeking and we want it to be better and that applies to everything um in our endeavors so i thought why not it should be more better and more more better starting with ourselves so this podcast is going to be a document of my own striving to be more better in various areas of my life whether it be health more better health or my finances more better finances or just my personality where it is more better me and hopefully it will give you some insights in being more better you so i want to talk about presence and what it means to me um a lot of people in a lot of books talk about being present being present in the moment being in the moment now i have over the years read a lot about being in the moment being present being mindful etc but i've engaged a lot with yoga and with daoist philosophy and daoist practices and with yogic practices and what i have come to realize is that there is presence and there is powerful powerful presence what i call powerful presence powerful presence is is like the sun it radiates now the sun doesn't radiate with discrimination it just radiates in all directions indiscriminately you could say so when our presence is like the sun it is available to everything in its immediate context so whoever is present around you to the atmosphere around you to the weather to your psychology to your body to whatever is around you around your presence it is available it is not focused on one particular category normally when people say presence they talk about being being available to a particular category they they are normally implying that you are you are being pre- you being present means that you are being your present to people who are around you um, at that moment let's say that you are listening to them without any thoughts going on in your head what i have come to understand understand is that powerful presence is goes beyond that it is it is it is like as i said it is like the sun and it radiates in all directions and you are fully present fully available to everything but that allows you at the same time 
to focus on whatever it is that needs your attention in that moment without losing your availability to everything else. So this is a level beyond normal presence. And I have found that that state is happiness. That state produces happiness. It is an intense involvement with everything that is around you. Um, and this state I have come to via meditation. It is a state where you arrive at when in meditation your focus is not, it goes beyond you, whatever your senses are conveying to you. So I have more to say about that process later on, but I would like to talk about what present, what powerful presence implies. So as I said, powerful presence is indiscriminate availability of your core being. Now, when we talk of presence normally, as I said, we, th we think of being available to a certain category or a certain subset of your total environment without your individual prejudices or individual thought process coming in between. But there is another thing that powerful presence and presence equate to, and that is will. Now, an interesting sentence that I have come across in my studies is that being is will, or will is being. And being is essentially your core presence. How present you are is how effective you are in your expression, which is your will. So this, this I found to be extraordinarily profound and very, very interesting. Because when you are fully present, that is when your efforts are so well directed that your in intention is expressed and it comes to fruition. So the degree of your presence equates to the degree of the accomplishment of your intention, which is what will is. So people with great presence, as we say, when they walk into a room, they're already their will is, is being spread across the room and their intentions immediately penetrate everyone in the room, everybody's consciousness in the room, and they are able to lead everybody's thought process in whatever direction they choose. They have such a massive impact on whoever comes into their atmosphere. So what I find is that this powerful presence is what everybody we need. And this powerful presence, as I said, when it radiates like the sun, you um, have a feeling of completeness. What in Hindu philosophy is called Purnam. Purna means that which is complete. And that completeness is a result of indiscriminate involvement or total involvement with everything and anything in your sphere of consciousness. So whatever your senses are conveying to you, whatever your mind is conveying to you, your body is conveying to you. This, this sun radiates its rays of knowing 
across everything. So we must cultivate this presence, this powerful presence as the soul or the most important thing in our lives because whatever our circumstances may be, whatever, whoever are the people that are our relationships are, bring, bring us, um, our powerful presence is what determines our happiness and how we, how deeply we engage with them, with, with, with whatever comes into our sphere. So I have just explained what I think powerful presence is, what I think will is. And if you, now let us consider what the opposite of that is. When, is, when presence is not powerful, when you are present, but you are present in a limited way, you have a lesser, lesser sense of perspective. When you have, when you are powerfully present, your perspective is three sixty degrees. You are present to everything that is around you. In a sense, it is like. It it is like a massive. Searchlight, which is, or or a massive light, which is, say, lighting up the entire room, but its attention is. Focused on one particular object but it is lighting up the entire room so in in that sense powerful presence is lighting up everything that is in its sphere but it is able to put a spotlight on one one particular object that needs needs its attention now what i'm implying here is that it is giving you a much larger perspective from which to view that particular object which is needing uh, the focus at that moment and therefore whatever intention whatever actions that come as a result of that focus tend to be finely balanced tend to be very appropriate for whatever needs to be achieved with that focus so will is not overextended Taoist philosophy that could be expressed as the will is finally balanced it is not overextended so for example when you are dealing with a child and when you are not powerfully present you are present just present you will still find that you overextend your will you try you try and force a result to be achieved or try and force some objective to be realized through the child and you come to realize that oh now i've pushed too far whereas when you're powerfully present your sense of time scale of time and perspective move to a much larger scale and when you view from that point your your will becomes tuned it is tuned to the particular time scale that you are in. It's tuned to the object, the time scale of the object that you are focusing on. So powerful presence means that your will is not overextended. It is it is finely tuned. 
and when um, this also ties in to the philosophy of yin and yang so when will is extended it is a yang it is a, it is a it is an extension it is an outgoing force and an outgoing force will always it will always have to be balanced by a sense of uh, withdrawal as well so that is the yin a sense of nurture whereas yang is 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 an outward force that is going out that is trying to grow and yin is an inward nurturing force so powerful presence gets this balance between nurture and growth whereas when you are just present that balance is difficult to achieve you find that you slip into forced growth rather than nurture and this applies to all aspects of our lives so one of the goals i would say meditation and yoga and philosophy on the end goals for me is that they lead you to your core presence to let your core presence shine to radiate like the sun to become a powerful presence and that powerful presence leads to a state of happiness so today that's what i wanted to talk about more better presence more better will and this this for me this has become the core tenet like a touchstone that i that i measure against whenever i find my mind wandering around whenever i find myself agitated confused i come back to this touchstone i'll give you an example one of the things that i consider a gift is boredom you often find you often come across yourself in a state of restlessness you don't know why you're restless you're bored you're restless and there is nothing of interest and you feel that i'm not doing anything I'm not doing anything interesting right now i'm not doing anything and when i find myself in one of those moods when i catch myself in one of those states i suddenly remember one of the thing one of the insights that powerful presence has taught me is that the opposite of powerful what leads you away from powerful presence is when your mind thinks that whatever is in your immediate environment when i say immediate environment it's not just outside you physical world outside of your body but everything within your body as well and the which includes your psychology and your consciousness although the body is in consciousness um but that's for another talk so you consider everything that is outside of you or in your current environment to be beneath your interest so you consider right now in that moment in that moment of that state of restlessness the state of angst you are considering everything in your immediate environment to be beneath your attention 
is not worth anything. And therefore you are bored. And therefore you are restless. And when I, when that, when I remind myself of that insight, I practice my meditative technique to go back to touch that state of powerful presence. And the mind, it is like the clouds are scattered from the mind. And there is an immediate sense of being totally present to my environment. And then that normally leads to the insight of that sense of restlessness comes because of unfulfilled intentions, unfulfilled desires that have been hanging around and towards which I have not been taking any steps. So there is a clarity that comes from that. And then I see I try and make a checklist of, of you know, the things that are pending. Things that are pending for quite a while, but I haven't taken any concrete steps towards them. And I normally make a checklist. I'll say, okay, let me do some small action towards towards those unfulfilled desires or pending, pending objectives. And um, that is another, that leads on to the, how the mind takes you away, takes you away from the state of powerful presence. Um, one of the, this led me to another insight, which is that powerful presence, as I said, gives you a sense of perspective and a sense of time, a scale of time. And often when we are not, what takes us away from this state of powerful presence is not translating our intention into action. So whenever there is an intention that is not translated into action, that creates a gap between your presence and the expression of your presence as intention. So it is not expressed. And therefore it gets stuck in your brain, it gets stuck in your, in your mind in your subconscious as a thought that keeps coming back and back, keeps coming back again as restlessness. It doesn't come out as an articulated thought, but comes out as restlessness. So one of the, one of the techniques, one of the methods that I've come about to come to realize is, realize is really effective and really valuable is that what one must maintain a continuity between presence, feeling, intention and action. Or you could say presence, intention and action. Where intention is a combination of feeling, of desire, of, of articulated thought towards a particular objective and action being the implementation of that. So the, one of the objectives is, so one of the method that I'm, in te, uh, what I was going to talk about is that whatever is intended has to be immediately expressed in any form. If it is not, cannot be expressed in its fullest form, it must be expressed in some form of recording. So what I mean to say is that once we have an intention, 
it must immediately be put in. So let us say I have an intention of traveling to Thailand. I must immediately put that into action. Obviously, I can't get on a flight immediately and fly to Thailand. So I must make a plan. So open a notebook, put it in writing and say, maybe put in a time scale and say within a month, I will um, research the trip to Thailand and I will see what steps needs to be taken. I'll write, put it down in writing, maybe in a checklist, maybe in my to-do list, whatever productivity app that you have. And so my intention has now come out into the real world in, 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 a, in has taken one particular form and that's it and then I no longer let it fester in my mind so the objective is to translate intention into action and if it cannot be translated into action then I take a decision to not let that intention fester in my mind I will say I will let this intention come back some other time in a more conducive time that is one way the mind is kept clean. Your psyche is kept clean. The radiation of the sun of your presence has no obstruction in the form of the clouds of restlessness. Such a clean psyche means that your will gains strength. And it also develops the, the muscle of action. And I feel in today's age when entrepreneurship is being touted as, you know, the greatest, um, the greatest intention of the age is what everybody aspires to be or everybody is told that they should aspire to be eventually. But the key skill for this is translating is translating plans into action. Because 99% or 99 people out of 100 do not become an entrepreneur despite having the best plans, the best intentions because they don't take that, they don't translate their desires into that first step of action. And I was reading a book recently about entrepreneurship, about, um, I forgot the title of the book, but I will put it down in the, I'll link it in the show now in the notes. Um, where they, they hold a class, the, the, one of the professors who developed a tra entrepreneurship course in, in some university in California, his biggest lesson that he tried to drive into his students is this, to take action. So he would demonstrate that by saying, he would hold up a ball and say, what do you want to do to his students? And several people would talk about the ball and say, I would do this with the ball, I would do that with the ball. And one of the students just reached out with his hand and took the ball from him and started bouncing the ball. And then, then the professor said, that's, that's entrepreneurship for you. That's it, just reach out with your hand, grab the ball, and make your pitch. People tend to um, intellectualize everything and try and 
and try and they they misunderstand intellect for action they misunderstand thinking for action just as now today social media like the like button has become the substitute for physical actual real world action and this is where powerful presence comes into being and this is where powerful presence means your will is so finely tuned that whatever is intended is immediately acted upon and this method of keeping your psyche clean of making sure that that communic that that line of um presence being will and intention action is a straight arrow is a, is like a laser beam although yes it's millions of laser beams because you are a radiating sun so that is that is something that these these thoughts have come about from a multitude of sources and i would be deeply remiss if i did not acknowledge these sources that have played a great role upon me and my intention is to maybe talk about their works and how they have impacted me the, the um so i will mention those names those gurus those great people who have influenced me and maybe in subsequent episodes i will take up each one of them their books and then um talk about them in a bit more detail so these thoughts have come the from a couple of sources one of them has been swami rama and his book the joy of living is is a tremendous book and there's another book of his called um, holistic health and his his philosophy um he has conveyed it in such simple terms but that is so practical and yet so profound it leads you to the profound that is what that's something that i have come to realize over the years that it is the simplest things that also translate to the most profound so i will talk more about swami rama um and how his his definition of the atta purusha who has no distinction between his thought his word and his deed um is something that struck me um has stayed with me and is evolved into my own philosophy that i have mostly elucidated in this talk the other one has been um damo michel now damo michel is one of those um if one of those people who i came across in a very serendipitous an an act of serendipity let us say when one of his book recommendations simply arrived in my inbox out of nowhere and and my journey with him started um and he has written several books about he's immersed in he's a westerner who has immersed himself in the daoist tradition and he's an authentic daoist practitioner of great skill and of great understanding i was fortunate to have received being taught by him personally not one to one but i have 
over or have been associated with him for a while and his um his efforts to make daoist philosophy translate into the west and come into the west are have been tremendous and one of his best books is daoist neigang it's n e i g o n g and it it is it goes into great detail about daoist philosophy and um um so though he has been that philosophy has been of great influence in helping me understand myself um and who else um there are several other authors and several gurus and my own ultimate guru sadguru sri shivananda murti whose whose teachings and whose revelations have been a great touchstone for me to um understand and also subsequently sadguru whom most of you would know almost everybody would know nowadays and um it is my my ultimate master i always consider to be sadguru sevananda murti and all the teachers that i come across i consider to be his manifestations and my gurus um one of my gurus advice has been has been that every man should have a philosophy of life and that philosophy of life must explain everything that is around him and everything that is in him to him and it must lead him to an ultimate goal that is worthy and this philosophy he must form he must live by he must review every 10 years every significant milestone in his life he must look back and review and see whether my philosophy has has worked or not whether it's whether it has explained everything that is happening has happened to you and is happening to you and how you have received it and how you have understood it um so and it must keep you on that path towards that ultimate goal what is the ultimate goal that is that is the unique thing about the great masters that they don't define everything in concrete terms so whatever tradition that we belong to and whatever that we are exposed to whatever humanity has gone through in thousands of years of experience it is available to us so from that from the experience of humanity and from what we have studied in our current life what we have been exposed to in our current life we bring them together we try to form a holistic understanding and say this is how i understand how everything works and how i should treat my experience these are the principles that i should conduct my life by and based on the experience of humanity and my current exposure in this life this should be my goal this is the worthy goal and that is where my philosophy should lead me to so all these authors and all these people who have whose insights have enriched me who have allowed me to 
have my own personal philosophy with which I view life, which enables me to deal with life, which enables me to get up in the morning and face life, um, is what I'm essentially talking about in this podcast. Um, so as I said, these great, from these great teachers' works, I will probably take a book in each episode, talk about what interested me in that book and what has impacted me in that book. So it will be, um, as I said, more better presence, more better health, more better finances. Um, I speak about finances. I'm just another 40-something middle-aged guy. So I've seen a bit of life. And I've seen a bit of financial ups and downs. So like all of you out there who have happened to come upon this ramble, I'm dealing with the same issues of facing life, of facing, of dealing with finances, dealing with health issues, and trying to take put one step forward. So I hope to meet you again, maybe next week. Till then, namaste. Take care of yourselves.